We want to welcome you back to our very special series on the Growing Young Adventist journey here in Southwestern Union Conference. And uh, we are here with the, the pastors in Texas Conference that have endeavored to be on this journey, very special journey, a year-long journey to grow together as churches. And we want to hear from them and hear their stories and begin to just learn of the different ways that they have been integrating some of the core commitments that are written in the Growing Young book into their ministry mix and, uh, and see the, some kind of challenges that they've been through and also the wins that God has granted them in the, in the midst of a, of a global pandemic. So without further ado, we want to have our pastors, starting with Pastor Jose here, to go ahead and introduce themselves and their church and give a little background as to how they were acquainted and encountered the Growing Young book and the research behind it. Of course. I am uh, Josh Murillo, and I am a pastor at the San Marcos Seventh-day Adventist Church in Central Texas. And my name is Mark, and uh, I'm a pastor of a crosswalk. A crosswalk. Uh, I'm a new pastor there, so I'm still trying to remember the new name versus the church I used to pastor. But um, so it's Crosswalk Fellowship up in uh, Frisco, and um, where I used to be was down in another region, and that's where I first heard of uh, Growing Young <clears throat> from another pastor doing it there. Had really good experience with it. The church bought into it, and they were really blessed by it. It's a good, simple, clean program, and so I was happy to be part of it. And I'm Byron Corbett, and uh, I'm one of the <clears throat> pastors on staff at the Richardson Seventh-day Adventist Church. It's a church in a northern suburb of Dallas. And uh, I, I think like, uh, like perhaps Mark, my first exposure to it was at the uh, summer pastors uh, meeting down in La Toretta there, just north of Houston, when uh, Fuller Institute <clears throat> was, was with us there. And if, if you want my honest opinion, at the time I'm like, this is not rocket science. This is common sense. What are we, what are we spending all this time for right, you know, right. on, on, on this? So I'll, I'll tell more about that journey later. But. I don't think you're supposed to tell anybody that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Dean Waterman, currently the pastor at Louisville Church. And I, I think that you guys jumped ahead of the questions, but since you guys already did it and, and Josue did not, I, did. I got exposure the same time that, that, that Byron did. Uh, I guess it was 2018. We got, we got our, the best part was we got a free copy of the book. Mm -hmm. And then we got to meet the author. And that makes the book more realistic when you I can. I didn't have him signed though, so. Oh, well then it's not worth anything. <laughs> it's worth nine ninety nine. Uh, but it, it's a great program. Looking forward to talking more about it, Justin. Hello, I'm Alan Martin. I'm the teaching pastor at Younger Generation Church. We're the vibrant young adult ministry at the Arlington Seventh-day Adventist Church in North Central Texas, not the one in Virginia or in the one in Southern California, <laughs> the one there in North Central Te you know, Texas, right between Dallas and Fort Worth. And um, yeah, I was super excited about the research that was coming out. One of my research interests is young adult ministry. And so as we were looking <clears> at the data that was being put together by a variety of agencies, uh, the work of Fuller Youth Institute is always high grade and we were really thrilled in regards to this coming out. And I'm gonna segue over back to Josue, if, if that's okay, because I think one of the great things about this collaboration across Texas is we have a chance to share notes, to be the outside prophet, sharing with local congregations, eager to hear how you encountered it, and uh, loved being there at San Marcos. You've yeah, got well, a great, you know, great crowd there. I'm glad you brought it up because uh, a friend of mine told me about the book when it first came out. Uh, I purchased it, and I read it, and I thought it was amazing. And then, uh, the we got Alan Martin 
uh, bringing the, uh, the presentation to Central Texas. And our church attended, and right after that, we invited him to come and do the presentation in our, in our congregation. Uh, and everybody fell in love with it uh, immediately, maybe because of, of the, uh, the DNA of our local congregation. Yeah. Uh, but it was a, an immediate uh, hit, and everybody responded positively. If you ever get an invitation to go to San Marcos, just be aware they're gonna fatten you up yes. like a soon-to-be-slaughtered pig. So they're wonderfully hospitable, warm community already. Right. And that's the part to what we were saying, it's not rocket science, right. but the capability to see the quantitative and qualitative data share with us these steps that a church can practically do was astounding. And, and San Marcos was already practicing it in many ways, and it was just an, a wonderful time to share notes right. and, and uh, to be able to fellowship with your congregation. Right. As I was reading the book, you know, I realized there's a lot of things that we're already doing. Yes. So what, what's the next step? Uh, and, and I think the book helped a lot, and, and the whole curriculum helped a lot for us to realize that there's some things that we needed to do intentionally mm. and focus more in certain areas. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's how, that's how I got to know. Yeah, I want to actually circle back to uh, the two Growing Together summits that were held back in 2018-1 and over in Dallas area and San Antonio. And there were many pastors, and not only in Texas, but beyond that came to those events and mm -hmm. got the initial exposure. Could you tell us a little about the environment that was kind of created for those pastors, especially for Texas, like for those two summits? Yeah, it's kind of, a, it's kind of a, a strange thing because in Adventism, there are certain things you don't want to push too hard or too quick because people will think, oh, it's another campaign, it's another project, it's another program. And our pastors are already overloaded. But what I found really helpful during that stage where we, were, we held two, thank you so very much, Southwestern Union, Texas Conference, we collaborated to put one in, in um, San Antonio and one in, in, in our church in North Central Texas. And the churches had gathered literally from across the union. We had several folks from out of state the beauty of it is, is they brought their members with them. And I think that that's one of the big uh, aha moments in regards to these summits. Oftentimes as ministry professionals, we go to a variety of ministry training and professional conferences and so forth. But when your members get together and say, okay, what are we gonna do? What's our next step here? What's our transformational plan? And that, that, that juncture was still just a teaser appetizer. And then during that time, simultaneously, it was beautiful because Moody, Elvis Moody, our Youth and Young Adult Ministries Director from Southwestern Union, invited all his administrators to come. Mm -hmm. So the administrators came, they see the vibrancy and the energy coming off of these events. Um, I thought it was just a wonderful, it was a God thing, because you know we were just kind of like say, hey, we want to introduce this to more people. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of how we first introduced it, and then the opportunity, thanks to the leadership of Elton and Carlos in the Texas conference to introduce it to all the pastors. And you're right, Dean, it's, it's one thing to have someone from our own tribe present to us another program, mm -hmm. but it's something, something different. It's, it's something unique when the author comes and, and shares with you and answers your questions. And, and Jake Mulder did a great job really interacting with our folks and what they had learned. Okay, so the part that I think is, uh, if, if we were to convey anything about that summit and so forth, People come to those summits because they want microwave solutions. Mm -hmm. Well, the research in Growing Young is not about a program that's gonna give you microwave solutions to long cultural issues in your church. Growing Young challenges your church towards transformation, right. and that takes time. Mm -hmm. And some of the stories I think we're gonna hear are gonna to point to some of those things that we learned along the way. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, indeed, it takes time. And one of the things that I appreciate about uh, the pastors that are here, especially after the summits, 
what I hear is that you invited uh, Pastor Allen to right. San Marcos, and this was after you were exposed to not only the book, but the summit, right. and then you said, okay, we personally need this for our church. Like, what, what, what was on your mind when you made an invitation, <coughs> and how did that uh, begin, the journey right. at, at San Marcos? Well, it's neat that Alan and I, you know, we, I had the privilege to work with him yeah. uh, in Arlington for some time. And uh, when we attended the summit, my church members noticed that, you know, we knew each other. So as we were going through it, they, they came to me, you know, well, there was an elder there and, and some of our leaders and said, you know, is it possible to bring him over? Because it would be great for the whole church to be exposed to this. And uh, I said, let, 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 me, let me talk to him. And, and Alan, although he's extremely busy, he was gracious enough to accept the invitation and come down and enjoy potluck with us and uh, did a, a, a weekend presentation. Mm. And it was a blessing, it was a complete blessing. And everybody was pleased because, as he mentioned, it's one thing for the pastor to be exposed to something, but uh, for the whole church to see it and, and, and see the value of it uh, was, was key. Yeah, as mentioned in one of our previous episodes, um, what is really critical for the journey to take place is not just a one-person ordeal, but it's an interpersonal, intergenerational effort that needs to be made to, you know, really ramp up the journey and yeah. go on yeah. the learning journey together. And uh, I want to actually ask the other pastors here, when you first heard that the Southwestern Union was supporting this particular journey for uh, at least 10 churches in our union area, and mm -hmm. I, 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 I relay that invitation out, what made you jump at the, the chance and the opportunity to go on this journey uh, who did you talk to? How did the, how was the decision made? What was that process like? Can you kind of take us through that? We'll start with Mark and um. yeah, for me, <clears throat> um, pastoring Crosswalk Fellowship, we're kind of a modern, balanced church. Mm -hmm. I guess is how we describe ourselves, a family church, and so our average age is already forty three. Yeah. So we're probably younger than the average yeah. Adventist church by a long shot, mm -hmm. um, and so we were intrigued because we want to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah. Now, we appreciate the kids, we like the, you know, the young adults, you know, and the grandparents, we have a place for everybody, but we, we think we're ahead of the curve and we want to do everything we can to stay ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. So that was our motivation to get in it, mm -hmm. um, to keep saying, well, we're doing some things right, but how can we keep doing it right and how can we do other things even better? Mm -hmm. And so when I shared it with the board and the leaders, they're like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> Let's just keep finding what we're yeah. doing and do it better. So we were happy to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say uh, kind of a similar thing with, with us at Richardson. Um, interestingly enough, I, th I think the average age of the Adventist Church in North America is over 60, isn't it? I uh, think so. Yeah, it's, it's low 60s. Um, yeah. Richardson is actually in the mid-40s as far as average age. And so that, that's a great um, demographic. But the interesting thing is that... Um, Although we were having conversations at the board level about, you know, we, we've got to be thinking the future, we've got to be involving young people, the, the, the current power structure of the church didn't really reflect as accurately that uh, involvement as the demographic of the church. And so we were already having those conversations. And I have to say that, that the, the older folks on our board very open to that and saying we want young people to be involved and, and we'd like them to begin stepping up and, and so on. And so there was a positive environment for that. But what I, what I was observing is while there's often a, a, a 
uh, an intellectual assent to the need for this, <laughs> it, it doesn't always translate out into, into yeah. actions yeah. as easily. So, so that's that's and and what I was telling my congregation was, um, you know, most Adventist churches, and I forget, but it's 85, 90 percent in North America are plateaued or declining. Mm -hmm. And I said, if if we don't think now and plan now about this, we're dead already, and we just don't or don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. And I said, so we, we need to be proactive. And and so when when our youth pastor, Pastor Johnny, uh, made us aware that you know there were five slots in the Texas conference that. that <laughs> And uh, that's when we said, okay, well, let's see if we can be one of those <laughs> to help us with that journey. You know? yes. 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 Well, I know with us at, at Louisville, uh, I've been up there going on almost two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, and Alan's familiar with the congregation. He's getting more familiar because Louisville is merging together with Arlington as a campus. But they did a strategic planning probably just in two years ago. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they recognized is we need to put more of an emphasis on our young people. Mm -hmm. So sure. I agree with what you said. It's one thing to think it, it's another thing to do yeah. it. So they put it together in the strategic plan. They laid out metrics about how they would accomplish it. But then when the growing young, the cohort came about, uh, it was nice in a way that Arlington said, okay, if you're gonna merge with us, you're gonna do this program. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it wasn't as if it was what we're forced to do. It was, it was something we wanted to do. Right. It was just an impetus to do it faster and it aligned with the strategic plan that the church already voted to do awesome thank you so much for sharing that um, I, and, and the follow-up question would be and this is amazing to hear that many of our churches are ahead of the curve <laughs> it's one thing to know that you're there but another thing to know why you're there and continue to implement strat uh, strategies that will actually get you to grow continue to grow younger and together mm -hmm. But um, what I want to actually get to is, even though you're there, when you first got to that church and through your ministry experiences there, what are some background and history of the church, uh, the, the cultural reality of the church, and why you felt that this would be a, a catalyst for transformation in your cultural context? And uh, I know through the journey, through the core journey, you were able to take the assessment and you recognized and defined your reality as a church, as far as you're comfortable, mm -hmm. and this is your comfort level, <laughs> go ahead and tell us what your background and history and the reality of the church was and what your hopes were as you were beginning this journey. And this video will be distributed to your congregation. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let Pastor Jose set the tone over here. <laughs> All right. No pressure. I go first. I go first. Um, our, our church has a as a DNA that is naturally inclined towards serving and mentoring younger generations. Um, and you can see that because they've been supporting an academy, a junior academy, hmm. for decades. As a matter of fact, some of our members graduated. They're not professionals. They graduated from that academy, and they stayed in town. Um, so you can see that in their DNA. Uh, but it's interesting that San Marcos is located uh, right there where Texas State is at, or Texas State is in San Marcos at State State University. And when I arrived, we had no young adults attending our church mm. from the university. Mm -hmm. um, in other words, they were very intentional to kids and, and teenagers, yeah. 
but they were not really clicking, they were not really reaching the young adult uh, community. I mean, you're talking about over 40,000 students in town. Uh, the university. And you're so close, you could throw a, a football. Li and hit literally, the, literally, I you're half there. a block away from the the, the yeah, campus, right and uh, right next to our property is the biggest apartment complex in town, full of students. Mm. So um, I realize there's there's something that is not is not matching here, you mm. know. And of course, when we first started talking about the possibility of reaching out to young adults. Everyone loves the idea of change. Everyone loves the idea of you know yes. changing things, modifying some things, so we can uh, serve our community better. Um, <laughs> but the process is, is a little complicated. Yes. You know, we love the idea of change, but implementing it is another is another thing. <clears throat> um, I'm blessed yeah. because uh, the desire has been there. Uh, the the uh, the leaders, the members, really want to see that flourish. And um, we've been blessed, especially for the past couple of years, two, three years, with uh, a, a, an influx of young adults that dare to visit our, our, our church, our campus, okay. and engage with the families. And the families, especially understanding this mentality, this approach to young adult ministry, they decided to open their homes, yep. to reach out to them. And in our uh, ACF group, is flourishing, is growing, and you have families that are supporting them, that care for them, and that are establishing mentoring relationships. Oh, praise yeah. God. So it is, it is, is working out really well, and uh, and I'm excited, and I'm excited for what, what's happening. But again, we're still running to some some challenges here and there. Yeah. So there, there was a reality that you were faced with, and then through this journey of growing together. So right. these pieces began to come together. Oh yeah, and uh, it's still <laughs> work in progress yeah. as all of us. Yes, Mark, you want to tell us a little bit about your context? Yeah, uh, we're basically North Dallas. The the community is Frisco. It, it's affluent. Um, the I was just transitioned there as a pastor like a month or so before COVID hit, mm -hmm. and then <laughs> during COVID we just bought a new church, five acres, twenty thousand square feet. Yeah. So I mean, change and overdrive, mm -hmm. and, we're, and we're trying to do growing young in the midst of it. Yes. So, um, for the most part, to 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 oversimplify it, I'd say our church is doing well with it. They they like the idea, but was it one famous uh, basketball head coach said everybody likes sacrifice until you're the one that actually has to do it. <laughs> um, I was reading another statistic from a medical doctor saying that even if say Byron. Uh, let's say he has some health issue that, um, let, let's say if it's smoking and the smoking's giving you cancer. Oh, yeah, yeah, if yeah, you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, And so if you quit the smoking, you'd live, but if you don't, you continue to die. And, and his, I don't remember the exact statistic, was like 89, 90%, even with faced with death, they're more concerned about change yeah. than even yep. their health. Yeah. And so as we keep echoing, mentally we can say, oh, that's great. But it's another thing to actually apply it because it means we have to change. Right. And it's not us throwing stones at our churches because we're a part of our own church and we have to change mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And that's an ongoing challenge for humans in this sinful, broken world mm -hmm. is to actually apply it even when you know it's right. Mm -hmm. But we're fortunate, at least in our context, in our church, <clears throat> um, for the most part, our transition's been going well in, in the context of growing young. Mm -hmm. Our 
we don't have any major challenges, but the minor ones are coming from just so much change in all the other places. Yeah. You can only just keep up with so much. Mm -hmm. um, but God is good, and so far so good. Sure. But just I guess you can put it under the hat of mm -hmm. a lot of distractions. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so a little bit of the context for Richardson is that um, <clears throat> prior to my coming there about five and a half years ago, the, the church had been, I think, going through quite a period of, of growth and expansion, a lot of uh, becoming very multicultural. A lot, a lot of people that are moving into the Dallas area really like the church. And um, so it was approaching the, the 900 member mark. Uh, to serve, and what was kind of <clears throat> phenomenal is that... Uh, between the two services, the attendance was running 650 to 700 people mm. with a membership of, you know, right around 900. And so packed to the gills. And um, when I came, they, they were telling me about this awesome young adult ministry that had been there, like 120, 130 young adults there at Richardson. Well, I didn't see that. Um, and, and so they're sort of living in, in the past of this huge energy, and, and, and it had been a vibrant, thriving group, but things often rise and fall on leadership. And, and, and the, the young couple that had really launched that was transitioning in their life from being single married, I mean, married with no kids, yeah, that's right. to mm -hmm. now finishing a, a doctor's degree and two or three kids. And so as they phased out, that was going away. And, and really the tail end of it was there, but the church was still thinking that they're, you know, <laughs> living in this glory days, days. but yeah. I, I'm not seeing it, right? Um, but but it's a phenomenal congregation. And, and one of the things that I realized right away was this church is not going to keep growing because it is maxed out. There's no parking. There's no seating in the sanctuary. And you know the 80% rule. And so I started talking with, with the leadership saying, look, we either have to go to three services or we got to plant a church or do something because we're going to start plateauing and declining mm -hmm. if we don't do something about this. And, and then part of that was what can we do to make sure that, that we stay young and um, uh, share share the power and, and, and share the leadership uh, in, in yeah. the congregation. And uh, like I say, very, uh, very great spirit and um, the, the, the people on the board and, and the gray hairs were like, yes, we, we want the young people to be involved in let's. And so we started doing little things like getting more uh, 20 year olds on the board and, and 30 year olds. Mm -hmm. And so little baby steps there. Um, but still needing a little something to ratchet it up to the next level to actually start letting them have keys <laughs> and uh, you know do, do some of those bigger bigger steps uh, and and trust them because I, I like what you what you uh, you know what you said everybody loves sacrifice until until it has to be you and, um, as as people begin to realize oh may, maybe maybe the music's going to change a little bit and it's not going to be exactly what I like the best now. Um, some of those little little things start to develop and, and Tom Rayner, it's a real short read, great little book called Anatomy of a Revived Church and he makes this observation that given the choice between changing or dying, most people or most organizations choose death. <clears throat> and, and so, I, you know, we've just been on an intentional journey not to be one of those statistics. Mm -hmm. So well, I don't know. What about you, Dean? No. You took it all. Uh, Alan, you're next. <laughs> you know, Louisville, again, we, we have a common thread with our three churches in that we're in the northern Dallas area. 
Most of our churches are in the affluent area. And Louisville is no exception. The context, Justin, that they had prior to, to my arriving, uh, the, the pastor was more of a conservative pastor. Uh, and, and, and culturally, it's the adults do things. You're a young person, you sit, you watch, you learn from us. And at your appropriate due time, when you're 40, then we'll let you come up and do something with us. Um, wasn't said verbally, but it was shown through every action. So when I got there, uh, Alan, no, no, no kids were involved yeah. in the service, no, no young person. Mm. It was very hard to even find a young adult, 20, 22, 25, participating in anything. And we, they recognized, again, alluding to the strategic plan that I said earlier, mm -hmm. they recognized we need to be deliberate. We have a school right next door, and we can't tell our kids that you're valuable and then not give them value. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Yeah. And so the context of all of how the, the growing young fit into that mm. is, and we'll share more here in the next segment, mm -hmm. it's been a, a blessing to help do and put into action what was thought. If, if I could just footnote something he said that is interesting, and I know you didn't mean it this way, but I don't want the viewers to take it. Um, mm. You talked about the former pastor being a little more conservative. Um, I would call myself a conservative pastor, and I think people would view me that way. That doesn't mean just because you're conservative, you're not in favor. Uh, growing young is not about being right. liberal right. or conservative right. or right. this or that. It's yeah. it's really about looking and saying the church belongs to everybody, mm -hmm. and all of our generations need to be involved, and they all bring value, like mm -hmm. you said, and so we have to hear that. And, yeah. and, and Thanks for covering for me. That's good clarification, though, because it's easy to assume, well, it's this camp, or I'm in that camp. Right. And it, it's just good biblical principles wherever yep. you're at mm -hmm. that, that help yep. your church. Yeah. You can just go ahead and scrap the whole segment. I just messed it up. We know what you meant. We know what you meant. We're growing together. It's okay. <laughs> Some of us are a little younger than others. But, I mean, I'm sure there's many viewers who are in those in one group or another. So it's actually yeah. good that we clarified because some might think, well, we're not ultra liberal or we're not contemporary or we're not balanced or we're, we're this or we're, you know, but it, it good yeah. pr Bible principles that work for whatever your context is. It, it's good that we clarified. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. super helpful too because the book does point out some of the myths yeah. that are out there. Yeah. Oh, if you want to have more young people, you have to have certain things, certain genres, certain yeah. type mm -hmm. of cool factor. I'm sorry, but the quantitative and the qualitative research does not no. bear that out. Mm -hmm. And so as they were looking at over 250 churches across the broad landscape of the North American division, mm -hmm. small churches, large churches, more reserved mm -hmm. churches, more advanced, more um, sparkly churches. <laughs> and it wasn't a matter of genre, it was a matter of this core principle. And I yeah. think that that's part of what I'm hearing from you all. And, and here's the part that I think is super important is that even us, over the next month or so, we're going to completely change. Your whole epidermis is going to be changed out. Mm -hmm. And so although we want everything to stay the same, we know for a fact, and being Seventh-day Adventists, we've been preparing for change mm -hmm. our entire theological, yeah. denominational mm -hmm. movement history. It is about change and transformation and that all available through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so when we start framing it in that way, as opposed to the ways by which the devil wants to put us in different camps, then we can see something grow, because when you know when crosswalk grows, we all grow. Yes. When yes. when when the population right. at um, the campus there near uh, San Marcos starts coming to 
the church and starts getting actively involved and has a chapter where Adventists are on campus sharing their faith, we all benefit, Amen. right? So that's, I think that that's the aha moment yeah. to which these little divisions that have been created can be clarified. So, uh, Dean, you opened up a, a wonderful, wonderful purview in regards to the idea oh, glad, of growing glad, up. glad I could help with my... <laughs> <laughs> you know, and part of the reason why, in, in, in to any conservative pastor who's watching, I don't mean any offense by the statement, was this. It was this mindset of, of there are yes, some... Thanks. Look, I grew up in a church that had... I had, the alter, I had two different pastors. I had that ultra concern. He's like, you're a young person. You are not coming on the platform. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Wow. And then I had another wow. conservative pastor who said, all children are welcome. Mm. I preached my first sermon at, at, at 15 years old because that pastor yeah. said, I think you can do this. Mm. So he was growing young before it was even a thing. <laughs> it's interesting you should say that because it reminded me of my childhood. And I think one of the reasons that, that I'm in the church today is that I grew up in a small town with a very small Adventist church, and it was like all hands on deck. That's right. And and so at at 13 years old, I was an adult Sabbath school superintendent. That's right. You know, <laughs> doing the, this is when you still had to do the program, you know, and have your your, your little talk and line yeah. up the mission yeah. story and all yeah. that. And and then at 14, they they asked me to start teaching an adult Sabbath school lesson. Yeah. So um, that was the opposite of my you know experience to you, where it's like no no kids on on the platform it was like. Here, help us out. You yeah, know, get involved. Right. Right. And it was that empowerment that yeah. made me feel valued and, mm-hmm. and, and kept me around. So. Yeah. Thank you so much for this discussion. As we're about to wrap this particular episode and head into the next one, um, what I do want to point out that is that there's room for everyone in growing young, growing together journey. Mm-hmm. It's not binary. It's not silos. It's not us versus them. It's not only for the youth or young adults. It's for everybody. And I think that's what buys people. And in your conversation with your you know, senior leadership of, your, of the church, at first, the assumption is, ah, oh, they just want to do something youth thing. You know, they they, they want to you know, you know, just empower the young people. What's going to happen to us? So there's a fear factor that enters in that causes, causes a little bit of resistance mm-hmm. and pushback. But we gotta, we got to really nail down and the focus that this is not about youth or young adult ministry. It's about intergenerational, the body of Christ ministry where we are seeking to mentor and reverse mentor and grow together. And um, we're going to actually tap into in our next session a little bit about how we need to be the first ones that that's willing to yeah. change because we said everybody wants change, but we don't want to be the first one. <laughs> but we want to navigate through that journey of how you guys brought about the initial ignition of change that set you on a trajectory in our next time together.